Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha, the host and co-host of uh, LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com, not .com, the podcast. Host and co-host. <laughs> and also joining me is Matthew Staub. Exactly. Don't even have to say it. And who are you? You already said it. Well, I mean, I, I said someone's joining me. No one knows who you are, though. Oh, Matt Staub. You said my name, too. Yeah, but what are you, what are you doing here? I'm co-host, not host. Co-host of the podcast. Exactly. By the way, how how did you do research for today's topic? <laughs> did you do it in your computer while you were next to your your significant other? <laughs> no. So actually, uh, I think we you had sent me a link about this earlier in the week. So I already knew about it, but my wife had seen it because she browses Yahoo top stories for some reason. The only person that goes to <laughs> Yahoo. No, my wife, my wife does too. And in fact, she already knew it as well. I'll ask her to find out how she found out about it. We were sitting there and she uh, was like, oh, there's a site for, for cheaters. He's like, yeah, we <laughs> talked about this on the podcast. Don't you listen and take notes. We definitely talked about this. I don't remember. We, we barely mentioned it. Yeah. 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 Cause her point was like, well, she's like, why wouldn't it, the spouse just create an account and see if their other spouse is on there. It's like, I don't even know how it works to be honest. I, so I mean, I, maybe that could work, but I would think it's secret, but yeah, I assume it's anonymous or something has to be, but we're talking about, or is it? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's soon. Yeah. It has to be based on what we're talking about now. <laughs> yeah. So Ashley Madison, the, I guess they classified as a dating site cause it's, considered the second largest dating site no way second largest yeah i'm so surprised actually behind match.com 37 million users wow <laughs> so no way i can i honestly cannot believe that that's crazy with more than 37 million members worldwide ashley madison claims to be the world's second largest dating website only match.com has more or is bigger wow so, so yeah pretty pretty used site and the problem now is that the site was hacked and whoever's hacked it or whomever's hacked it has is threatening to reveal the information of the users, which is going to be a problem because now all these adulterers are going to be revealed to the general public. They, it's, I guess it's going to do something that's going to match the information to find out names and, and addresses, etc. I mean, I don't know the details of the actual threatened hack, but... This could be a, pretty much could be a game changer. It probably already is a game changer for this site. I bet it's probably ruined now. Yeah, I mean, this has been heavily popularized. No. Publicized. Publicized. Pop, popularized. Publicized in the media to the extent that pretty much, you know, even people that didn't know about the site now know about the site, but know it as a place that if you want to cheat on your spouse, your information is not necessarily private. And the the most interesting part about this and i think where we're kind of covering this is that ashley madison apparently told its customers that okay if you pay $19 then they're going to completely erase your profile information and the implication of that is that okay well if i pay this extra extra amount then that means that pretty much your information is protected and your your it's it's pretty much deleted you know, I, I can foresee this where 
who knows, maybe you're subpoenaed or Ashley Madison subpoenaed for its records to some kind of legal issue, legal dispute, and they want to look to see if this person's part of the site or whatever. They don't have the records. But the problem is, is that when this hacker group, which is Impact Team, which by the way, they seem to have some kind of moral or political agenda because they previously did the same thing to Adult Friend Finder, which I assume is similar, but I, I don't really know about that. But anyway, so what they did is when they hacked, they were able to obtain the credit card information and the associated personal data besides that. And of course, all these people that are on the site, they pay with credit cards. So the purchase details were not removed, even for those that pay this $19 fee. So literally when you're paying this $19 fee to remove information, that information that you're using to purchase is still being held on the computer, on the server. So, so it's basically, you know, basically became useless. And and so this this hacker group basically has threatened to release this information every day until the site's being taken down. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a, a your standard credit card, like I say, standard credit card breach. I think it's already you know ruined the website. I think they're pretty much done. I mean, I don't know. I could actually, I take that back. This isn't going to ruin them because these people that are on here are... Sorry if you're listening and you're one of the people, yeah. but these people are already dumb enough to go on here in the first place. They're probably going to continue to, at least some of them will continue to use it. Yeah, my law clerk, uh, Jacob, actually, he helped us uh, do some of the research. He was saying the same thing, that this site's going to be done, and that's what people are saying. And I, I was questioning that too, because especially now that you told me that there's a second biggest, and there's there's a lot of things that can bring a, bring a site like this down, but a moment of breach is you know, may not be enough. But but here's the thing is that Ashley Madison has been relatively pretty successful in being able to get that private data off the internet, which seems strange, but there's a there's a saying in law that basically says that there's a there's a remedy for every wrong. And that, by the way, Matt, is my one of my favorite maxims that remedy for every wrong. Yeah. It's uh, this is a reference to Monday's episode where belt and suspenders approach was the worst phrase ever in legalese but yeah there's no there it, there's a saying there's a remedy for every wrong and and in this case i think it's controversial whether this is the, the correct remedy but ashley madison was able to file dmca notices to all of the websites that were posting this data this private data which apparently is just a few names for now and i'm sure by the time this has come out maybe it's more but point being is those dmca notices have been able to push these pages off the off Google's index and also taken down by the website owners themselves. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Jacob was upset that this happened because I thought he didn't go that route. <laughs> yeah, he, he was uh, concerned that his data would be uh, would be leaked. No, that's not true. So that's why, you know, it's at the stage that it's at and, and there hasn't been a full on release like it was threatened, but it raises an interesting topic of you know, if somehow this information gets leaked or eventually ends up happening, like, I guess the, the site's, Ashley Madison's site, I guess, is going to be liable possibly to some extent, but like, are these people or do these users going to go, I guess at that point, you're already in the open. You might as well just go after them in a, in a public lawsuit. Yeah. If, if you become a victim that actually, I, I think you would have to wait for your reputation to be damaged and somehow it's publicized, then that could be a problem because- I think them being hacked in itself and their private information or even their credit card numbers or whatever, I think it was encrypted at least, that in itself doesn't expose themselves to much liability. And we've talked about data breaches in the past and giving notice to your customers and so forth. 
But the more important issue is that when you have a promise, and, and, and I'm sure there's some fine print here that may have Ashley Madison covered or whatever, let's assume that they don't, or even let's assume that they do. When there's an understanding from the consumer that I'm gonna pay you $19 to remove my private information, and then it's not removed, there's something inherently wrong with that. And I can see there's that having some liability. And this will probably, my prediction, even if the terms of service has some protections of Ashley Madison, this will turn into a class action lawsuit and for which will allow some level of privacy to its users. And you will have some representative plaintiffs. And, and since Ashley Madison has its directory of all the customers in that class action, they can subpoena those records and be able to send notices to all those users, which in that case, which would, would be, I guess, now that I think about it, that would be problematic in itself because I'm sure everyone's aware when you get a class action, uh, when you're part of a class, you get some kind of notice. So how would they contact those users? I guess that would be, that would be prohibitive. But anyway, the, the DMCA notice is interesting because DMCA notices are used to combat against copyright infringement. This was uh, a law passed in the early 90s, uh, or 1990s, somewhere around there, where basically, and we've talked about it in the past, basically if someone posts some kind of copyright, ma- copyrighted material somewhere, it allows a process that's expedited very heavily in favor of the copyright holder to take down that, that material, because if they don't comply, then there could be damages from it for that, that website. But here's the thing, a lot of people are saying, and, I, and this is my, was my instinct too, is that Ashley Madison is actually abusing the DMCA notices because they, how can they really say that they own a copyright over a, a name or a list? If it was the whole list, I can understand that. But if, they're, if, they're, if I write a news article and say, Matthew Staub is a user of Ashley Madison, which is not true, then, then that itself is not a copyright violation. So that information and, you know, how I got that material, whatever there may, you know, if I got it illegally, that's a different issue, but that, that material itself doesn't have copyright protections. Well, first of all, these podcasts get transcripted. So that, that sentence is going to p- appear online and then I'll bring the defamation. <laughs> it'll be, I'll Google, yeah, I'll Google to say that dot, dot, dot before it'll get cut off and truncated before I say that's not true. <laughs> I hope so. What's done is done. I mean, you brought up a good point about this is really problematic because even if these users have been wrong somehow, how do they how do they get that remedy? You know, the, for every the, for every wrong, there's a remedy. How do they actually get get to it if it requires them exposing themselves? And and I just talked out loud, and I just realized myself that a class action won't work because how do you notify the class that they're a part of class, part of the class? And so, on one hand. Ashley Madison may have done something wrong by not deleting the privacy data. Maybe they didn't. Uh, depends on the terms. But even if that's the case, even if they did something wrong, what are people going to do about it? Yeah, I mean, and that's another thing I had here is, you know, you can't really fire somebody if if you're an employee of a, somewhere and you can't really get fired for this. Obviously, I mean, the, the most negative aspect of it is going to be on your, your personal life. And what are you going to do, sue your former spouse or ex-girlfriend, boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, the most damage is going to be to the users, really, if their information gets revealed. I, think that I do think the I came around throughout this episode. I think the, the company is going to be able to survive this just because there's too many, too many people that are wanting, still wanting to use it and too many, I want to say protections in place, but too many 
hurdles, hurdles to jump over. Ah, I beat you to it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just thought of one way. If I was an attorney for one of these guys, and by the way, I'm not soliciting for any those types of clients. I'm not wouldn't be interested in that cl- that case. But for any, for any of these users that have somehow been damaged, I would be presenting a case to the FTC because if somehow they were able to enforce this and procure damages, maybe not on behalf of the user, but really punish Ashley Madison and find them for basically making representations in their business practices that didn't end up being true. If in, again with the caveat that I'm not sure exactly what was promised when you're removing private information, which private information and so forth, but it seems to be the understanding that all information was supposed to be removed. So the FTC may be able to do something. And I, I was going to say, I mean, even if that's the case, they're able to do that. It, if the information comes out, the damage is already done for the users. Like, so no going back on that. You can't men in black hit the <laughs> button and make them forget their, you know, wipe out their memory. Once the bell's wrong, it's, it's wrong. Yeah, and the FTC has, they reached a settlement with Snapchat last year. I don't know if you guys remember that because if you recall, like the whole idea of Snapchat was that you had disappearing messages, but apparently somehow the messages were still being held on third party or some loophole with third party apps or something like that. And the FTC settled with them. So that happened last year. And so they could very easily do the same thing, something similar with, with Ashley Madison, which by the way, I, I just started, I just downloaded Snapchat and it seems to be nothing of what I thought it was in the beginning. It's, it's very weird. I don't, I, I can't even, I had to look up, a, I went to a YouTube video to figure out, I literally typed in how to use Snapchat on YouTube. It was very confusing. There wasn't anything that existed because all the videos disappear after 10 seconds. <laughs> I mean, do you use it at all? I used it for a couple of weeks and then I was like, yes, I don't see any value in this. I, no, I, I don't know. My wife showed me something cool. Like it was showing some kind of event in Houston where you can see what's going on. That was kind of, but I, I wasn't able to do it on my, or I, I guess I was able to do it on my phone. So that, that was kind of neat. But Isn't that Periscope? Yeah, the Periscope's pretty big now. It was, it was something similar to that, but basically like you can press some kind of category and it said like Houston. And I pressed that and it showed a video of like 50, 50 different Snapchat videos of what's going on in, in the area within the last few hours. And it was like some concert over here and then some other thing going out there. But Gotcha. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, that's our uh, Snapchat episode, right? Yeah, I think. We've talked about that before too. Yeah. Do you know that uh, Ashley Madison is the sister of Billy Madison? No, but Billy Madison is a real person? Yeah. Or the character from Billy Madison. Well, that's it's a real person. Oh, it's, it's still a character. I got you. <laughs> but so that's the concept of where Ashley Madison came from. I was trying to figure that out. That's copyright infringement. Because it's it's this guy that started the business, or that's the owner. Or actually, I don't know if he started, but he's the. I assume he's the guy who started it. I, I don't know where the name Ashley Madison came from. Hmm. Probably some sort of reason for it. Uh, yeah. Probably. I'm I'm still honestly shocked that it's the second most popular dating site. I, I'm so surprised. That's the thing. It has its own niche as opposed to like Match.com and I don't even know the other ones. <laughs> match.com and the other Match.com-like sites. <laughs> I mean, there's commercials all the time and I can't remember any of the names. No. There's a guy, old guy with the glasses who's on a bunch of commercials. Oh, yeah. That's, um, I want to say eHarmony. Yeah, that's eHarmony. Yeah, so stuff like that. The guy with the glasses dating site. 
recommend that. Plenty of fish just got bought out by somebody. So whoever, I saw that for some reason. There's plenty of fish in the sea, as they say. I think that's the concept of the of the webs or the dating site. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's end this episode before it deteriorates even further. Yeah, I agree. All right. All right. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.